0: Hello and welcome to the Songwriters in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Chris Klemecki. With me today, my very special guest is Aaron Jordan. Welcome, Aaron.
1: Thank you for having me, Chris.
0: You're very welcome. Aaron is part of the band Bakelite 78 and has been a member of Songwriters in Seattle for a long time. Uh, we've seen her at uh, lots of different uh, events. So thank you for supporting the group.
1: I've I really enjoyed coming to the events. I've met a lot of great songwriters, and I've learned a lot uh, as far as the business end of, of
0: managing yourself as an artist goes, too. Cool, cool. That's always great to hear. Uh, I love it when people are, are getting... Uh, lots of stuff out of the group and and uh feel like it's been a a help in their musical development so very nice and you have a, a new album out it's called what the moon has done congratulations on that thank you that's a very cool uh, really uh interesting style and and we'll we'll get to that in a minute um and uh, we'll definitely hear some music uh, from from that album and uh, and some of your earlier work as well. So lots of great stuff to get to. Why don't you start by, you know, giving us a little background, your your history and what has has brought you to uh, being the musician you are and to this album today?
1: Okay. Well, um, I started seriously writing songs when I was eighteen. Um, but, I mean, the path up to that, um, you know, it started a, a lot earlier. I've always been uh, interested in, in both singing and writing. Um, those are two things I've kind of known, you know, I was good at my whole life as far as, you know, You know, comments teachers would make. And um, I was my parents always encouraged encouraged me to um, sing, you know, in choir and being, I was in band when I was a kid, of course, okay. I played, played the flute and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they encouraged me with writing as well. Um, what did you write on that early? Um, you know, I wrote a lot of short stories. I think I was just kind of an imaginative, imaginative child mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> So I, I mean, I feel like a lot of that came from being very shy too. I've always been kind of a shy person. And so, you know, being in choir or community theater and like sort of having, you know, a character, um, to hide behind has always been a way to be outgoing. And, uh, as you can tell, I'm not the most verbally articulate person <laughs> in the world. Fine. So I have a feeling, you know, my ability to write
0: was kind of spawned by that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But you like portraying the characters and sort of getting into a, a part. Did you do musical theater in high school? Or? I did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, do you think the writing, what did, what did the writing sort of, Come from? You must have had some desire to to express yourself uh, with your own with your own stories, or you know, did, um, did music sort of go hand in hand with that the whole time?
1: Well, you know, I uh, when I was a teenager, I wrote a lot in a journal. I mean, I'd I'd fill up a journal like every three months, and you know, if, of course, I if I read them now, I'd probably laugh. It was all my my teen angst, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I. Uh, you know, I uh, started taking voice lessons when I was in in high school, and decided I wanted to actually major in voice. And at that time, I was mostly into musical theater. And uh, you know, I went away to college, and it it just kind of opened up opened up my world. I was exposed to a lot of sort of more counterculture ideas, and meeting a lot of really interesting people. And um, you know, I I went from living in the suburbs to a, a really small town. And uh, it made me kind of, like, reject, I guess, my, my suburban upbringing and musicals. And I kind of started <laughs> feeling... in a different
0: direction. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I, I started kind of feeling like the things I, I had been into in, in high school were very shallow. And, uh, you know, as soon as I, I went to college, I met my first real boyfriend who taught me how to play guitar. And, you know, it was kind of at that point that, you know, singing and writing kind of converged. Um, when I started college, I didn't play any instrument very well. So um, guitar was the first instrument I, I got really into. And, you know, within a few months, I was going to open mics. And uh, it was, uh, you know, a way for me to feel accepted and, and make new friends. And it, it was really just a new um, world that opened up.
0: You were really live in the, the mm-hmm. singer songwriter kind of life there. And were you actually a music major?
1: At I did, school? yeah. Okay. Um, I I changed my major from classical voice um, to music education with an emphasis in voice because to major in classical voice you have to be legitimately into opera, <laughs> right,
2: right.
1: <laughs> so which you know I I enjoy opera but you know no Wasn't no intention thing? of becoming an <laughs> opera singer, and uh, so yeah I do uh, I have a degree in in music education and. I did that for a few years right after school, but um, you know my heart wasn't really in it. It was kind of what I felt like I was supposed to do, and, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I stopped teaching and uh, you know devoted my my time to actually trying to make it, whatever that means as a singer-songwriter.
0: Wow, okay and and how did that lead to your first? album
1: you know after i finished school i moved out of uh, charleston illinois which was a a small town and uh, went back to chicago and uh you know in chicago i just really started you know hitting the open mics and and uh, playing out quite a bit and in 2003 i recorded an album called land of milk and honey and that i'd say is pretty much a folk rock album and a lot of the songs are they're very personal songs a lot of them are really cathartic and uh, you know by 2005 I kind of felt like I just needed a, a change of scenery um you know I'm one element was I kind of felt like my my writing was getting a little stale um I felt like it was similar to what a lot of other people were doing oh, okay. and i mean, I had was really trying to do this whole solo acoustic thing and every weekend, I would hit the road and you know go to some <laughs> college town, and oftentimes I would be playing you know in some coffee house where there were four people <laughs> so i I decided I needed to rethink some things and on <laughs> on top of that, you know being in Chicago, I always met people that had moved to chicago from some other place and I, I was kind of envious of these people who got to experience living somewhere that they weren't from so i wanted to do that and uh yeah in 2005 i just uh you know picked up and picked up and moved moved, yeah all right
0: hit the west coast <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's where your second album you sort of started to really develop a, a new sound
1: yeah yeah um you know, I feel, I feel like the songs I'd been writing before, I was still kind of working out some of my, my teen angst in some way. And um, when I, I was in my late 20s when I moved to Seattle, and I kind of, you know, took a break for a while. Music had become, become something that was really all-consuming uh, in kind of a neg- negative way. And so I, you know, just worked on settling in Seattle, and, uh, you know, I bought a keyboard and started playing piano more
0: and uh also oh, big I, transition big transition
1: yeah you know I had dabbled in piano before but I was I was pretty attached to the guitar and uh you know I kind of opened myself up to these uh things that had you know been influential to me um when I got into music like uh like musical theater or classical music or different sorts of ethnic music mm-hmm. and so I started to uh you know, incorporate some of those styles into my writing.
0: Cool. We're going to hear one off of your second album, Gateway to Temptation. uh, And the song is Unemployed on Monday. That's going to be the first song we hear. Tell us about that song.
1: Okay. Um, Well, a lot of uh, the songs on Gateway to Temptation are kind of come from more of like a fantasy perspective. You know, it's a story I made up, or a lot of them were products of of a writing assignment I'd I'd give myself. Um, This song actually is a little more personal. It was kind of inspired um, by a lot of the imagery in the last neighborhood I lived in in Chicago, which was a pretty sketchy neighborhood. When I moved there, my rent got chopped in half. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, there's a reason for that. And uh, (laughs) so it was just kind of like a, a dark and hopeless place and you know a lot of the the imagery is you know about stray cats and the skeezy diner and um you know people seeking escape from that Uh and uh you know really this is my favorite song on the album that's why i picked it and i don't have a really good explanation for it it's just one of my favorite sounds
0: like good imagery and and uh is a good introduction to your style so this is aaron jordan and the whiskey romance was the name of the band at the time And the album Gateway to Temptation. The song is Unemployed on Monday.
2: Unemployed on Monday. Just lay together, burn the pile of clothes on the floor, and break the teacups too. We will dance in the ash, we will dance in the glass, and then start anew.
1: Last night, And the
2: chemicals turn sour And the earth revolves around the sun While we slumber through the hours Two stray cats fall in love under the moon And we dig through the trash and chase all the rats And do as the stray cats do We dig through the trash and chase all the rats can do as a stray cat's do. And the weeds grow rampant in the seedy side of town. And the more they grow, the more you try to cut them down. So I'm diving underneath the blue. You won't come back do come back
0: We're back with Erin Jordan, and you can find her music at erinjordan.com. That's E-R-I-N-J-O-R-D-A-N.com. And then we're going to get uh, right to Bakelite78, her current band. Uh, there at bakelite78.com. That's B-A-K-E-L-I-T-E 78.com. So tell us how you went from... Aaron Jordan and the Whiskey Romance to Bakelite 78. What was that transition?
1: Um, Well, uh, you know, the Whiskey Romance uh, played together for maybe two and a half to three years. And in the end, um, what happened was what happens to a lot of bands, it was it just suddenly became impossible to align five people's schedules. And uh, you know our bass player moved away. Upright bass. I mean, it's hard to find an <sighs> upright bass player. Um, you know, someone else in in the band was who was was such a great musician, but was kind of a, a hobby musician. And you know, when you're serious, um, it's kind of hard to <laughs> hard to play with hobby musicians, yep. no matter how good they are, because you know they they don't get up in the morning to play in your band <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> or I mean like I get up in the morning for music. So it's, um, you know, it's, you all had different things right, going right. on. different motivations. Um, so it just kind of fizzled out. And, um, uh, you know, at this point I, I was in a, a serious relationship, um, with my husband, we're married now. And, uh, he was looking, uh, For a drummer, so he asked Steve Boz, who was the drummer of the Whiskey Romance, to play with him. And, uh, you know, he started this band, Bakelite 78, um, which had been a continuation of a a project he had had in Chicago. And uh, I joined, you know, playing piano and accordion. And it started out for me as kind of a side project. I thought I'd get the Whiskey Romance back together. Uh, but then i I got really into it, and we started incorporating some of my songs into the band.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the songwriting process then for the new album and within that group. how did How did you guys uh, you know uh, how did those songs come to fruition? and you know how did that band gel?
1: Okay, well, um you know, after uh, you know all the players were assembled. You know, we we started writing songs. Um, I mean, it came together pretty organically. Is it um, a collaborative? Type of
0: thing? Well,
1: as far as writing, not really. But as as far as arranging goes, very much. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, this project it was started by my husband Robert Ryle, who's a great songwriter, and. Um, you know, the, the name Bakelite 78, it's in reference to 78 speed records, which he has quite a collection of. And so, um, the whole idea of the project is taking these, you know, older styles of music, um, that could be, you know, on a 78 speed record, you know, anything from like old timey country to more vaudevillian cabaret. And, um, you know writing new songs that are in these styles mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know honoring these really wonderful styles of music but still um writing you know fresh new yeah. songs you definitely
0: have a retro sound to you um mo- modern retro right <laughs> <laughs> modern retro kind of thing. okay keep, keep going talk um, about about uh how you how you wrote these songs so did you did you sit down and go okay i'm going to write a vaudeville kind of song or like what was the process Um, for that
1: no no um you know this new album it has uh there's 12 songs on it so seven were written by my husband one was written by our bass player and four were written by me and um you know as far as the, the songs i contributed go um they they did come up in a pretty organic manner. I do give myself writing assignments, but none mm-hmm. of these were the, the product of that. Okay. Um, you know, one one of the songs was inspired by the novel The Sound and the Fury, um, the song Madeline that's on the album. And, um, you know, one, one of the songs is very much from personal experience. And, uh, you know, there's another song, Lurid Lounge, and that... I, I guess the story in the song it's about you know this lounge where everyone there you know you, you gradually find out throughout the song that everyone there has made some sort of pact with the devil um <laughs> but really it's you know it's like a a story in in one sense but it, you know it's symbolic in in the other yeah. sense i sort mean of little vignettes of, yeah <laughs> of humanity right right um,
0: <laughs> Tell me about the tale of a missouri girl which uh, we're gonna hear next
1: okay well um you know this is a song where i i had this little you know piano motive uh and it took this happens to me a lot where i'll come up with music and i just have to write for the wait for the right lyric idea to come Mm -hmm. up and um This kind of came from a few places. Um, You know, I had just seen the movie Barton Fink, which is, you know, it's set in uh, Hollywood in the 30s. And uh, I think that kind of crept into it. But, um, you know, the premise of the song, it's about a girl from Missouri in the Midwest who is, you know, a baton twirler and has the lead in her high school play and and uh, is the big star in her little hometown right. and uh, so she goes to Hollywood to become a big star and and that isn't what happens and so it is like you know, crushed <laughs> exactly so it is the oldest story in the world but you know at the same time it is it is personal like I realize it it came from me like I'm from the Midwest you know I moved to seattle which you know for like a young singer songwriter in the 1990s like seattle is your hollywood <laughs> so okay. it's kind of you know a personal uh, song as
0: well uh-huh cool cool so here is bake light 78 from the new album what the moon has done this is tale of a missouri girl
2: she never frowned except when she was pouting. She checked into room 413, feeling like a California queen. But the bellhop said she looked rather Midwestern. The so star of every high school play, the queen of each hometown parade. A oh boy, how, how she could twirl that baton. So after graduation day, she took that train to LA and said, the, the next time you see me, I'll be on, on the big screen. screen. She fell right through the casting couch and her pocketbook was growing rather thin. But at night in room 413, she'd close her eyes and start to dream that tomorrow would be her big break. With smoke billowing around her face, wearing satin furs and lace, dancing with Fred Astaire, high. She curses drunks and wonders why she Never ever left, left sweetness
0: Very cool song, Aaron. That one uh, I always enjoy hearing. That one it's such a such a neat story, captivating story, and and really a you know a style that you don't hear a whole lot these days. I think that that it's really an interesting take, you know, on, on uh, a retro style that people don't usually think about. You know, when you say retro, they don't sort of go back to that. That style of storytelling mm-hmm. and that that sound of, of the music that you have, I think it's it's a really neat you know now original you know mm-hmm. sound you don't know, because you don't hear people doing that and it, I, I imagine you know it makes for an interesting interesting show and and uh, and all that kind of thing. You you still play out regularly? Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so definitely head out to uh, AaronJordan.com com and uh, BakeLight seventy eight com for uh, for their concert schedule or touring schedule is uh, they play around the area mm-hmm. and and uh, beyond so uh uh really interesting show to uh, to be a part of uh and and check out um tell me about actually recording this album and and some of the challenges that you had i know that that it wasn't just a, a simple straightforward process so so uh, t- what's the story behind that
1: well um yeah, when uh, we recorded this, I was uh 7 months pregnant and uh it's yeah, I mean the <laughs> album, we just released this album um last week. <laughs> and I mean the bulk, the album was I'd say, you know, 85% done well over a year ago um but you know, obviously having a baby uh, slows things down and uh yeah, I mean it it was a pretty interesting um parallel process just because i mean like like a child you know a song is created with great love and then incubated with great care <laughs> and then it's just excruciating to get out into the world and then you know once it's out in the world it kind of has a life of its own so <laughs> yeah it's been um
0: That's
1: funny. An, <laughs> yeah, an interesting I creative process and um uh, you know the whole
0: but singing must have been a, ch- a challenge
1: it, it was, um, you know, we'd been playing at, at the pink door every week, um, the entire time I was pregnant. So I had been, you know, standing up and I mean, this was a long gig. This was three sets. <laughs> so wow. I'd been standing up playing accordion. I, w- I was used to it at that point. And, um, you know, I think the classical training definitely helped with, uh, <laughs> figuring out how to breathe, uh
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. um,
1: but yeah you know my my son um just turned one, so we really you know took our time releasing the album um and uh, we really wanted to release it the right way because um you know the the bulk of of the band has you know released several albums with other projects, and you know kind of seen them no- go nowhere even though they were good albums, so we really wanted to just um you know we we did hire a publicist and we wanted to plan a really you know g- great CD release extravaganza with a a great lineup and and we ended up having that it was really successful so I'm glad that we took our time and um you know took the the steps to ensure that you know this album would would get out there well
0: so. cool so so the album's out now where do you go from here and what you know you've got you know, uh, some amount of promotion to do, I imagine. And, you know, sort of what's the, what are the next steps for you?
1: Well, you know, we're doing this cyber PR campaign and, um, we, we actually got an excellent review in the Seattle times. Um, so we're just, which is kind of a big deal. So we're, you know, trying to, <laughs> cool. trying to ride that as much as we can. And, um, sure. it's hard, you know, I do not like doing the business end. I don't like having to go and, and tweets and, <laughs> and, you know, do all this social networking yep. you're supposed to do. I just want to write songs. I I want to listen to songs. I want to listen to other songwriters' songs. I'm, um, yeah, I don't enjoy the business end, but I've kind of learned it's something, something we have to do. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, we in taking our time to release this we did you know study up on what we need to do to promote it and make sure other people hear it and you know we're just working on it a little bit every day so it's cool. you know part of it's something I kind of clock in and, and do every day
0: mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it does seem like even if you can just chisel away at it a little bit every day then mm-hmm. you know it, it it does add up and you do feel like you're making some progress, yeah, right?
1: That's what I do during nap time. Oh, so. there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'd rather be practicing during nap time, uh-huh. but you know. <laughs> oh, very nice.
0: Well, speaking of practicing or uh, performing, um, would you do a, a song for us uh, here in the studio today?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to play another song off of What the Moon Has Done. Um, the song is called Jim, And I would say the theme of What the Moon Has Done is... Um, pretty much transformation. You know, a lot of themes that have to do with the moon. Um transformation, illumination in the darkness, you know, being moonstruck. Um
0: not necessarily about vampires.
1: <laughs> no, no. Although there is a <laughs> werewolf song. Not jumping on the uh, Twilight Bandwagon. <laughs> okay. There so, is a
0: werewolf song. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I, I guess, you know, this this song is basically about uh something that transforms your life for the positive and then starts uh, to take a negative effect and, you know, you need to move on to the next transformation. That's all. Cool. This song kind okay. of has a different meaning if you know the exact story. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to let, you know, people interpret yeah. it the way way they'd like. Fun. Okay. <laughs>
0: well, uh, wonderful. I, I always love uh, the uh, original solo performances in the studio. So uh, we'll get you set up. And everyone, here is... Aaron Jordan solo live in the studio today with the song Jim.
2: friend of a friend and it was love at first sight Your eyes were soft and brown, you spoke with a Kentucky draw I knew you would only get me into trouble but I was ready for the ride and you showed Entire family tree, and you crawled into every part of me. Your intoxication lingers. trouble. But somehow I forgave you. There were nights I couldn't remember. just shiny glass and you showed me your entire family tree and you crawled into every part of me your intoxication Her ship trapped in a bottle will sit up on the shelf. Long after the bottles drink, it will sit collected. admit you're a little harsh and too intense for me but love on the rocks will only melt and I've been seeing someone else but you
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for doing that, Aaron. Uh, As I said, I always love uh, having a a live performance in the studio. So thank you very much for, uh, for coming in and playing today.
1: Well, thank you for having me here, and thank you for being an organizer for SIS because it's such a great um, organization for any songwriters in Seattle to belong to. You know, whether you're looking um, just to have a su- supportive group listen to you try your songs, or you want to learn more about the business angle, um, it's just I've really enjoyed belonging to the group.
0: That's great. That's great to hear. You're uh, welcome. I, I I definitely appreciate uh, you saying that and. Uh... And, yeah, I, I uh, always love to hear people who are doing uh, good things because of uh, songwriters in Seattle and enjoy what we're doing and, and that the, the effort that gets put into uh, that group you know, is, is paying off for people. So that, that's great. Hey, everybody, go to AaronJordan.com, um, Bakelite78.com. Uh, that's where you will find uh, more from her and, and the band. So uh, thanks again for coming in, Aaron. Great to see you. And uh, I am at chrisklemecki.com and SongwritersInSeattle.com. You can find more info about the group there. So for Aaron Jordan and Songwriters in Seattle, I'm Chris Klemecki saying stay original.